Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to First and 16, a special edition podcast brought to you by the Barker Media, commemorating year 10 of the league. Enjoy. Uh, let's dive in. We're going to do this. This first episode is going to be kind of a little preview episode. The episodes that go past this will be a little different, but what we wanted to do is we wanted to talk about, talk about the draft, which we just had two weeks ago. I thought it was last weekend for some reason, but the last week has been a, a kind of a blur getting back to reality post Henderson. And uh, then we'll touch on, you know, some preview stuff me and Shane came up with and some division previews and matchup of the week and stuff like that. And then uh, going forward, we'll have a, more kind of similar to my weekly post formats. But this week we wanted to kind of talk shit and uh, reminisce about Henderson and everything. Uh, year 10, Shane, how do you think uh, – I mean, it's hard to compare every draft because every draft is unique. But I have – I just – I feel like this was – for the circumstances that we were dealing with in the world and the uncertainty of football going on, I feel like uh, Henderson was a, a slam dunk. What was your opinion about the year 10 draft? It was almost perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, if the world was more open, of course, that, that would just put the cherry on top. But having the huge-ass Airbnb that we did, uh, the biggest one ever, um, everyone was super honed in during the draft. Like, it wasn't so chaotic this year. Like, whether that was quiet because you were snoozing or because you were really <laughs> concentrating, uh, it was definitely like people were more in the zone this year, I felt like. I, I yeah. second that because I feel like other drafts we've either had people, you know, sneak off to get food or drink or people are beer bonging for the first like two and a half hours. You could hear a pin drop in that room. Everyone was so focused. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, there, there were some early draft miscues last year uh, <laughs> by, there were. Of our, by our tenured owners. Um, and I think nobody wanted to be in that discussion for the rest of the season like they were this last season. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> Tom Brady, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> uh, even though he was taken by his cohort a little yep. later, but just stuff like that. I think people were really dialed in uh, to start up. They want to make sure they came out strong. Yeah, I was impressed too with we had – this is only the second time in 10 years that we've had all 16 of us in the room uh, not via, you know, Zoom or Skype on a computer. Like, we were all physically there. And uh, I was pumped to just see how committed everyone is. And maybe it's just because it's year 10, and it's uh, now that we've gotten the rings out and uh, everyone's kind of, you know, seeing how much more advanced the league's getting. This is something that people know uh, for four months. They're going to be divulging a lot of their um, – you know, focus towards because they want to win. It's a big thing to win this thing. It's not just your run-of-the-mill other league. I'm in a couple other leagues, but I really don't care as much. This is the league I want to win. And you could see that on draft day. Yeah, definitely. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm in a couple other leagues as well, uh, our defensive league, and then I'm mm -hmm. in a, a money league through work and stuff. And it's actually a little bit higher buy-in, but I'm still like, I'm, I kind of am late to paying that one. And uh, I don't really create a draft guide for that one based on position. I mock once or whatever. It's a 12 man, but 
uh, this is, yeah, like, this is just more than our league. It's, it's literally like our family friendship. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's a decade tradition um, with decades to come, I feel like, and mm-hmm. uh, every year it gets better. This year was no exception. No exception. And you could tell too. I mean, when you have somebody like a charlatan, like Brandon Morales win a championship, the, uh, you could tell the annoyance in the room. I think that also added to the focus of the league is that they can't believe that he wins. And I'm speaking as a person he beat, but it just makes people want to take that thing from someone who's so just arrogantly pouting it around everyone, oh. which is great. It just adds to the competition. The, the 2020 strategy to uh, completely discredit Brandon is to bird box him. And uh, anytime it comes up, I have no idea what you're speaking of. <laughs> we took the year off. I remember uh, taking a hiatus. Uh, that didn't happen. And shame on you for losing to Brandon in the championship. Yeah, I still haven't fully recovered it. Um, as you can tell by my draft strategy, I kind of was trying to run my team back from last year because I really thought I should have beat him and he lucked out. Um, I still... Still hasn't hit me. The Damian Williams Worst Best Keeper Award. I hate Damian Williams. Um, (laughs) He hated him every week (laughs) until the championship week. I don't know why he didn't drop him. He should have dropped him like a month before, and he held on to him. I swear he probably offered him in trades to multiple people too. Mm -hmm. And So shame on all of you for not accepting that trade if you were offered him. Yeah. just saved us. So congrats again, Brandon. I hope you enjoy that ring. Uh, Don't – Make sure you soak up, soak up every last minute you have with that belt because we're all coming for it. And hopefully we're going to steal that thing from you. Um, Literally, we will break into your window and take it from you. (laughs) Yes. Um, So before we dive in and kind of talk more about the draft, I wanted to reiterate a couple things that I said at the beginning of the draft. Um, Some new rules and things. Again, we're all familiar uh, and we've kind of already gotten our first taste of it. The introduction of FAB, free agent auction budget. Um, how, have you, had, did you make a claim this last week already, Shane? I did, but it was just, a just a regular ad. ad. You didn't, uh, spend any fab bucks. No fab bucks, $0, uh, on Ozigbo, the future MVP of this league. <laughs> he will be averaging 35 carries a week for me come week three. So, uh, thank you guys for not bidding on him. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but hopefully everybody has, uh, the interface on of using fab is not that difficult. It's kind of really simple. It's similar. And I think the already strategic element of people having to spend fab bucks. And then I noticed, I think Alex already, Alex spent five bucks on LaShawn McCoy and then dropped his ass. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so there's already going to be, I this- was just going to ask, has anybody wasted a dime yet? Nobody has played it down, yep. but Never mind. Never mind. Alex already blew five bucks on someone who's sitting on the. Although I think I think he was added. Then Hayden added him for free afterwards. So that was five bucks down the toilet. But Fab, the wiser again, Vikings fan. Exactly. The <laughs> Fab will be an awesome element. We'll we'll get to see the true power of Fab. I think next week after this week one matchups. You know, there's always going to be like the Terry McLaurin or some random player that explodes week one. Your TJ Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's going to be awesome to see that strategic element added into uh, the waiver wire. And it's not just, oh, damn, I have, you know, the 10th one. I'm not going to get anybody that I want. Now everyone has has fair uh, competition towards it. So that's the big thing we did. I also wanted to reiterate, again, this year to kind of keep the tradition going and, and get us more involved. I know last year 
even though the Borrego Springs was a big success, we kind of didn't really get to get together as much. So we instituted this year, the monthly themed get togethers set up by each division. And we already have the first one set up. I believe it's September 20th is the Pineapple Express one. It's going to be at Mina's house. So uh, anybody that wants to, and it's not just a league event. It's just anyone can come to it. If you have friends or family members, you want to come over. Um, and we're going to be doing these each month. The uh, October will be the Jurassic Park month. My division, we're in the process of setting that up. November is your division, I believe, right, Shane? And then that's, that's right. And I think yep. we already might have something decided. We're still finalizing, but um, everyone is pumped to put something on. Awesome. And then December will be Studio Ghibli. So these are just four more get togethers throughout the year to just get us back together. Cause you know, years past, it's always just been the draft, just get together for the draft. And then we kind of don't get to see each other again. It's going to be better that we at least get together four Sundays out of the year. And I'm sure, you know, there's going to be a lot of us that are getting together every Sunday because of people living next to each other and hanging out and stuff. But this is a nice way for, for the people that don't get to see each other as often. These are just some added days to get everybody together. Um, and the first one will be at Mina's and, uh, his house, his backyard's pretty nice. And, and I know Mina, Mina does it up. So we'll have a nice little garage hangout and everything for that. Um, that's honestly a great idea. And it'll be the first year that, uh, everybody comes to a league event aside from the draft. Yes. Because even years past people that live local aside from the draft did not make it to anything until the next draft. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I've always made it. I've tried to like, as a, as commissioner in years past, just tried to like make, make it to at least hang out with everyone once throughout the year. And it's just so hard. Um, because yeah. in your life, people are busy and stuff. It's just so nice that we have the draft. We're also going to try to, and this is in the works. We're going to also try to get an end of the year get together officially. I mean, even we did it kind of last year at Hayden's house where uh, me and Brandon got together. And I think about, six or seven of us got together for that final game where Brandon was anointed, but we, we want to do turn an end of the year thing kind of similar to how we do the draft. So that's something we're going to be shooting towards, towards week 17 too, but at least these four get togethers are a step in the right direction. End of the year party would be excellent. I just think the only reason people start to peel back from that idea is they're, they've been out, you know, maybe they've been eliminated for six, eight weeks at that point And, mm -hmm they're more jaded about the season than anything and they don't want to see anybody because they're about to be crucified from <laughs> mid-season choices or yep. games blown or whatever. <laughs> totally. And once you've been eliminated, it's kind of like hard. You just give up. You're like, whatever, I'm off to it and everything. But I always like seeing rooting for picking a horse if I've been eliminated and rooting for them. So I think it's just cool to like recap the year, but yeah, hopefully yeah. this year we'll be able to get everybody there. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to mention, uh, this was just more of an NFL rule change. Um, IR this year, PUP is still six weeks. So if a player gets put on PUP, they're out for six weeks. But IR, because of COVID, players that get put on IR are only on IR for three weeks. Now that's for the NFL. So not meaning your player on your team can only sit on IR for three weeks. That's not what I mean. It means uh, if a player goes on IR, don't panic or panic if you want to, but he's not going to be on IR for six weeks, six plus weeks. Right. He's only there for three weeks because of COVID. They're allowing people to be able to come back quicker. So they're, they're just, they're quarantining. Yeah. It's just a quarantine for three weeks, basically. And I, I was listening that said, if your team has a buy on one of those, it could only be two weeks because the, that third, the buy could count towards a week. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not like a set suspension where you have to miss only game weeks. Yeah. You know, and it's also kind of like 
uh, anxiety reducing that they're out for COVID quarantine purposes where they literally could still be working out, going ham at home, making sure they're ready for the game. Yep. Instead of other guys are rehabbing and trying not to walk. And then they come back and immediately break their femur or something. Cause they didn't, God they didn't willing. prepare. Yep. <laughs> so they're doing an extreme or anything. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's more so for COVID, but it can also go for anybody else who has a bumper of bruise and, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, cool. Some teams already surprisingly put them up people on IR other teams surprisingly who we thought would put people on IR didn't. So week one already is going to have some uncertainties. I know I'm already stressed out. Don't know who the hell to play at wide receiver on my team, because there's like three people that could have been put on IR and weren't. And I'm now they're game time decisions, which I'm annoyed. I'd rather, I'd rather as a fantasy manager, you just designate at the beginning of the week, home dudes out. Don't give me this game time decision stuff. Let me at least just make a different decision, but now I have to stress and I can't make a roster move because you want to be a game time decision. Yeah, you got a you got a wide receiver one, two, or three who's a game time decision, and they're playing Sunday night or Monday uh, evening, and your healthy backup guys are playing at ten a.m. Yep. or on Thursday. Ugh. And then, of course, <laughs> inevitably, you will make the wrong call. Oh yeah, 100%. all of us do. <laughs> I one hundred percent expect every decision I make to be the wrong move, and to me to be furious the next day, or not even the next day. Five minutes after kickoff, after the guy I forgot to start goes off. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He takes a he takes a precautionary check down for a seventy-five yard play, and you're you've immediately chucked your your laptop out the window. Yep. Uh, that's every Sunday. That's why we love fantasy football. That's why we get. I, th- I think that happened when I was uh, at your pad last year. Robbie Anderson had that ninety-two yard touchdown pass or something like the first drive of the game. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't know. Maybe I was playing Andrew or something, and I just was like, "Fuck! I wish this is exactly how you want it to go." But if you're on the opposite end, you're like, "I am going to kill myself." Yep. It's the best feeling in the world when your player has a big like first quarter because then you're already like, "I'm playing with free money right now for the next oh, three quarters." Definitely. Yeah. You're like, I don't care if they do nothing else for the rest of the game. They've already met my expectations. <laughs> and then what sucks is when you're playing somebody that player is having a horrible game. And then they have like an amazing like two minutes in the end of the game, which makes them the game worthy of that. And you're just so annoyed. Oh, I, I had a game a couple <laughs> years ago against Brandon where he won it on the last play of our matchup on Sunday night. It was like a Golden Tate walk off for the for the Lions. Oh. And they won the game. He won our matchup. And it was like a 12 point play. And it was just nail in the coffin to finish. My I couldn't God. believe it. I've been beating him all day. So, yeah, it's that's the, the shit you don't want to be in the other side of. Tyler, when you lived with Tyler, he had to experience that on Monday night when uh, the yes. defense had a, a last-minute, like, pick six or fumble that scored, and it allowed it, me to catch up to him. I think it was a fumble on the kickoff. Yeah. <laughs> and he went from <laughs> beating me by, like, eight or something to then me tying him because it was, like, two points for the fumble and six points for the score. Yeah, oh, he was <laughs> – screaming because it was over he just had to get the tackle yep his face he's like what does that mean what does that mean like (laughs) screaming at me i'm like dude i think you just lost he's like no fucking way i'm like yeah i think you just lost check your score the amazing things about fantasy football the dopamine hits that each week gives us um so Great recap. Those are some of the little rules and stuff that we wanted to update you guys. Now we're going to get to like the fun part of the episode and talk about 
uh, just some questions I have for Shane and some previews and stuff. First question I'm going to give Shane. Uh, who do you think won? No, no, let's start with lost. <laughs> who lost draft weekend? Who do you think and whatever kind of formula you have to come up with to decide whether it was their draft or just their, you know, behavior on draft weekend? Who lost draft weekend to you? <laughs> Emphasis on behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there was a, definitely a couple people, not the whole crowd, but a couple people who who really thought they were in year one of the league age-wise yep. and tried to push an all-nighter uh, who hit a concrete wall come mid-draft. Yes. And uh, <laughs> Not even mid-draft. They literally were dead by round one. We had to literally almost like take in the defibrillators and get them up 30 seconds before the picks. Uh, I think we basically had to awaken John like 10 minutes before the draft started. And then I remember him drafting from the corner out of view of the board with his sunglasses on. I'm convinced that, John, you were sleeping while sitting up in that corner. But if so, you fooled me. He looked uh, like Bernie almost. from Weekend at Bernie's, sitting over <laughs> oh like a God. dead body in the corner with glasses on. <laughs> he did. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys hitting that wall. You know, uh, Mike, Reza, I've given you a lot of shit for us having to auto-draft one pick for you. Uh, you are excused. Yeah, uh, we <laughs> we quintupled that times five for those two hosers, John and Alex. Um, although uh, one of you has a, a little bit better roster, the other one looks like you might have fallen asleep midway through. Uh, but it's a long season, and we got it a is. lot of gems that come out on the waiver wire. So prove me wrong that you uh, had a loss this weekend. I was very furious when John took Jonathan Taylor in the first round. And even though that's a reach, I'm annoyed because that's a player that I definitely was wanting to get and <laughs> jump the gun way too early on him. Um, yeah. I mean, we go running back heavy, but I wasn't thinking top 16. I was thinking he might get taken between picks like, I don't know, 16 to 32. Yeah. But who I knows? had a shot at him. <laughs> who knows? He could be literally – John could look like a genius because he took him so early before anybody could. Um, well, he took Aaron Jones last year and he scored 16 touchdowns. So yep. uh, maybe. So definite, definite L's that weekend, Alex and John. I, I want to give one more L just because I know I want to rub salt in the wound. I'm going to give this L to uh, Escobar, even though he uh, was amazing all draft weekend, focus, made the same mistake, take Kamara. Who knows? Might be a good mate. But your L and my salt in the wound is uh, on the poker table, my friend, who uh, continually on the on the river kept getting burned by me. And uh, Marcus uh, got a couple L's on the, the poker table. Walked away. I think he walked back away with his money, but this was just me throwing shade because I was feeling hot that weekend <laughs> on the poker table. So poor Marcus losing a bunch of hands on the river. That's my L for the weekend. Uh, just, that, that warms my heart here. Yes. Hey, that was a big weekend for me. I freaking, I won like $200 at that poker game. And then oh, I ended yes. up winning my last night there on Monday, the uh, Clipper or the Thunder Rocket and the Bucks Heat Parlay that won me like $800. So I won like a grand that weekend. Hey, and look, you were about to punch a hole in your windshield because you locked your keys in your car on the way out there. It yep. was so pissed that you had to drop 70 bucks before you could even enjoy any of that money. And you got it back 15-fold. So yep. it was all for nothing. <laughs> nice. That, that story is kind of funny. I, we're literally parking to meet up Shane and Brandon, and I locked my keys in my car. And we were talking after I had to get a locksmith to come pick it out. We were like, 
how much, knowing the importance of this weekend, how much would you pay to get your keys out of the car? And we settled on it. It definitely probably upwards of $200 we would have paid to get our keys out of the car in that moment. Uh, I, I want to hear what everyone uh, over <laughs> under would be on that yeah. too much, or I would pay up to this much. Yeah. Or maybe I would lie about it, but really pay this much. Mm -hmm. For me, it's got to be in the few hundred range, maybe up to 400. If it's yeah. the day of the draft, uh, or the draft weekend. I mean, if it was the day of the draft, like almost any amount would be acceptable, but um, we'll do a whole, whole, whole question for all you guys. What, how much is too much to pay to get your cars unlocked on a key on draft weekend, especially if you're in my situation, knowing mm -hmm. you had to be there to get the house from the guy who sold oh, yeah. Airbnb. Yeah. So maybe like uh, 25 to a hundred, one to two, two to three and 300 plus. Yeah stressful so that for me, all, for me i'm like 200 i'm like 200 to 300 is my probable range of of after this i really got to question everything when the guy told me 75 i was like thank god just get over here right now i don't care what i have to pay <laughs> he could have just been gouging me for more money i probably would have said yes but thank god he got oh it was 20 it was 25 he pocketed 50 bucks of that probably probably <laughs> um <laughs> Moving to the next question, who do you think? Uh, who do you think won draft weekend? Not necessarily. Maybe maybe it's a combination of their draft or just uh, who had a good time and everything. But who do you think won draft weekend? Uh, I have two answers. One is a single person, and one is a pair. Mm -hmm. uh, the pair uh, is Dan and Gabe. Mm -hmm. You guys joined the best league in the world uh, in the best year yet. Uh, location wise for the draft. We're on a rule lock now, so there's not going to be three years of arguing. Well, maybe two and a half years of arguing. <laughs> um, pretty much everyone in the league, I'd say, you know, at this point, everyone in the league really knows their shit. So you guys are really stepping into a competitive environment. And I know that uh, – I know Gabe uh, is a champ for sure. I mean, he, he played in the championship game in our fantasy baseball league, so he definitely mm -hmm. has the commitment. I just have never really watched football with Gabe, so I'm, I'm stoked to, to add that. Um, and – Dan is a commissioner of his and, you know, I saw his draft and his draft was very like, as Anthony said, best available, which mm -hmm. uh, you can't argue with. That means he has his notes out and he's literally taking the best guy at each position. So yep. I respect that. So kudos to them. Um, they're definitely winners for joining this year, which I guess is sort of a selfish statement about us in our league. <laughs> and uh, my other winner is uh, Reza actually. Yeah. I think that he totally uh, redeemed himself this year. For the early exit, the drafting a player or two that wasn't on an NFL roster from deep in the memory bank somewhere last year, um, and he wore that pink with with pride. Yep. Uh, he didn't. He didn't fight it. I'm proud of you, buddy. Uh, you you owned it, and you were focused, eyes on the board the whole time. And uh, <laughs> with a bum leg too. With a bum leg, yeah. Mm -hmm. I really wanted uh, – okay, I didn't want to see you in a wheelchair, Mike, but I really wanted to slap <laughs> that license plate on the wheelchair that weekend. <laughs> um, uh, that would have been so funny. And uh, you especially won because at first I wasn't a big fan of the Fournette pick. Now I feel like he's going to fall forward 12 times this year with uh, Brady as a signal caller and the success of some of his, belt, his running backs have had in the years. I'm thinking like a LeGarrette Blunt year, Sony Michelle's big year. Mm -hmm. uh, that could end up being huge. For him so i think uh yeah mike's my second winner of the weekend i like that pick i i was super pumped when i gave mike all of his pink gear to wear and he was actually like let's do it give it to me i want to mm -hmm. wear it oh thank god we, uh 
and he was down for it and not once and Mike stayed up I think till six or seven in the morning maybe even eight or nine that night too with the those he other did, posers. Yeah. and he was still draft ready so I have much respect for Mike big he, win he had he, he got a nap in I think a little bit earlier than the other guys did mm-hmm. um, oh and I think the last time that Mike was his focus is when he had a, that league best regular season record so it's true we'll see if he comes out hot it's true. It's true. Um, another winner on the league. Uh, I'll give a shout out to uh, Kyle, who I think had a really good draft and also uh, had a really good blitz tournament. Right. And uh, the extension of Kyle, uh, you winning the blitz tournament, but Kyle's dad, Steve, getting a, a Cowboys jersey. So that's uh, that's really cool that we were able to get those out. Um, yeah. and do that. The I, I, know, I thought was a huge success, too, of the weekend. The, okay, one, the, NX, the N64 proves, again, it's one of the best consoles ever because a, a console that old should not be able to have 40 games of Blitz played consecutively and hold up that well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so kudos to Nintendo for that. There we go. Uh, I, <laughs> even though I was trying to, uh, I don't know, uh, clown it up a little bit, taking all the credit or whatever to to give that jersey to to Steve. I know that pretty much anybody I think that would have won the tournament or won that jersey was going to give it to him. Yeah. Um, so I was just pumped that we were able to give him a little more stuff, totally. especially especially in an old school OG league member. Yeah, a guy uh, who was in the was, league for almost five years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most important thing to me, though, was uh, wiping the floor with all of you. Yeah. You're welcome I'm, for that. I'm s- another L for me, so we can add me into the L category for that on Blitz. Um, yeah, like, they just keep stacking, man. I can't win anything. I lost you. Fell, that. You fell into the trap of the crowd. Go for two every single touchdown. It worked against Kyle, so I felt cocky, and then I chose a wrong play, like an idiot. I tried to change <laughs> it up. It's, it's blitz. Don't change it up. Just run what's working. <laughs> this ain't Madden or anything where you need to be strategic. Just run the plays. I think I've been running the same defensive play for ten years now. Yeah, in blitz. <laughs> it is. Um, cool. Yeah. So I, I would second to the Mike. The Mike one is probably the big winner for the weekend coming out on a bum leg, still walking around, still partying and, uh, having a really good draft. Shout out to Mike. Um, a couple other questions for you. Who's a player that you on your roster, you were pumped that you got at the draft looking back at your roster. Who's somebody that you were like, I'm so pumped that I got this guy. I was really surprised considering our league that at five on the swing in, in round two that I was able to get David Johnson. Mm-hmm. I know that, yeah, um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Drake took the reins over in Arizona, and they kind of just needed a fresh start with someone, you know, the whole injuries, and I think he was getting a sour taste from from his uh, not being able to be every week available f- you know, for one whole year and then part of another. And then he kind of had a decent bounce back season. And then, I don't know, I think it's just soured on him in, in Arizona. So now he's, on my opinion, in my opinion, on a what's going to be as good or a better offense with one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Mm-hmm. And they have said that we have created so many packages for David Johnson and taken some of Duke Johnson's um, plays and given it to David because of his ability to be such an amazing receiving back. They don't really need Duke to be Duke. Yep. I think that I may have fallen into a bell cow who's going to get more carries in the second round. Yep. 
So I'm so pumped. Uh, I definitely – I mean, it's a risk. He definitely didn't play for a whole year, but, I mean, everything in fantasy yeah, is a risk. So. With him, I mean, there's definitely the injury risk, but the fact that uh, the Texans sold the farm to get him, like, you know they at least – whether it works or not, they're going to give him the touches mm-hmm. to make it work and see if it's going to work. And, and not that this guy is a bad comparison, a bad guy to compare him to, but, like, Carlos Hyde, who can't seem to find a team that loves him, mm-hmm. was able to rack up 1,000 yards – as a last second add to that offense. And now they're getting a guy who was like one of the perennial fantasy RBs for a couple of years, one of the top two or three guys. Um, I think he has a higher ceiling than Hyde. And I think that he's going to have a big year. Yeah. He's got something to prove this year after the last year. Yeah. I think, I think that was a good pick. I almost took him where I was drafting in the second when I went with Melvin. And I think what, made me not take him was just I, I had Melvin last year and I wanted to see if he mm-hmm. would uh be able to maybe punch it in the end zone a little bit more now that he's on Denver um but I almost took David where I was so I liked that pick of yours mine uh the player that I was pumped and I, I didn't get him in any mocks and I was so shocked he fell to me uh was Calvin Ridley of uh, the Falcons and I got mm-hmm. him in the third. So he was my holy shit. I can't believe he's there because every mock I did, he was gone by that point. But because there was such a big run on running backs, like there is in our league, um, I was able to get him uh, in the third. I was actually shocked because the two guys that I really wanted were Robert Woods or Ridley at that point, And they both were there. So I was like, oh, fuck. I've never, <laughs> I've never had the situation where I've had to try to choose between the two of them. Um, but I think Atlanta is going to have a big year. Matt Ryan. Uh, this is the even year of Matt Ryan, so I'm hoping he's like the San Francisco Giants of baseball, where every even year he has an amazing year. Um, and, See, I thought uh, it was half. So like he's always a bottom five QB first half, top five QB second half. That too, that too, because I had him the last couple of years, and he always would throw a couple picks in the first half, and then he would score like 20 points in the second half. Um, but Ridley, I think, has the – I mean, he's another Alabama receiver just like Julio, and I'm not, think, I'm not saying Julio Jones is on the downtrodden, but I think Ridley could be – become almost the number one in that offense eventually or at least a 1b to the 1a so i was pumped to get ridley there in the third i think Um, with the departure of hooper honestly that's going to open up a lot of targets and i I know that everyone's like okay hayden hurst is going to take all of hooper's catches but he was a second string you know he didn't get all the catches last year and Mm -hmm. um, there's going to be targets to go around and i think that ridley's finally gonna he's finally gonna get his his 80 plus his thousand plus yards you know, he's already putting up the scores, but yep. yeah, I could see him totally. He having was, break he was super boom and boomer bust the last couple of years, but now I think he's going to have the consistency of there. At least that's what I'm Well, didn't he, have, didn't he have like a two or three touchdown game last year that was like a third of his touchdowns or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he's more consistent this year, but I, don't, I just don't care. I just want all the volume. I'm a little nervous that he's my wide receiver one, but again, when unless you go top wide receiver uh we prioritize rbs in this league so rbs are currency i'm all right with the depth at wide receiver to let him be that but we'll see so uh on that on the flip side of that token who's a player that you were pissed that you didn't get either you had been mocking and you'd always been getting him in mocks or you knew you wanted to get him and then someone jumped the gun and took him before you were able to uh there were two guys that i really wanted this year that i felt like we're getting drafted too late. Um, one was Metcalf. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, Alex, good on you for keeping him, man. I mean, I, I think some of us thought you were going to maybe keep someone else. 
Um, but I feel like you made the best keeper choice possible. I mean, you got him in the ninth round or 10th round or something. And I, he's, he literally looks like a top 10 receiver physically and like his agility. And he's had some incredible plays last year at his size. I mean, uh, He's like baby baby T.O. He looks huge. Yeah. He's got like, I mean, is he, is he's as big as Julio, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or close or at least buff as if not stronger than. Yep. And he's faster than Lockett. Um, I think he's going to have a breakout year. Um, Another guy that I really wanted who uh, (laughs) was a sort of a byproduct of some off season dare I say it, collusion, uh, was Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> mm. um, he had been taken super late in a lot of mocks and is valued so low, but in my opinion, he's still a and, – and probably – not in my opinion, but he is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yep. And But people have been drafting him like literally like 15 to 20 in so many mocks that I've been doing. I just, I just don't understand it. Um, so I was hoping he was going to fall, and he sort of did. And I was kind of thinking I was going to take him right around that round. I think it was like six or seven. And, you know, Marcus already had Mahomes. So I'm like, oh, he's not going to take a quarterback. Why would he? Well, little did we all know. Anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, he started that QB run, which was annoying, because then like three or four other QBs went off the board that I was looking at. Mm-hmm. I know that Dan took Deshaun Watson early because that was the best available and he was filling his roster per Dan's strategy uh, that weekend. But, man, I was really hoping that Rodgers would fall to me. I'm I'm still pumped that I got Allen back. I love the value that he gives with his legs, especially now that he has digs and that'll provide him a little more running room, I think. He'll stretch the field out. Uh, But, yeah, I'd say Rodgers and Metcalf are two guys that I was, like, really looking at in a lot of mocks and thought they were getting either drafted too late or were about to break. Uh, Didn't fall to me. I'm similarly how you were thinking with quarterback. Uh, Again, I went into this draft wanting to get Matt Ryan again. I've had him two straight years and I was hoping to get him third because I had him two years ago when he was literally the QB one or two. He had an amazing year last year, eh, average year. So I thought, okay, you know what? I think he's going to have a a big year again. And Andrew snaked him the round I was going to take him. And I think that kind of went into, I was shocked at how many quarterbacks were kept. I think it was five quarterbacks were kept when we did the keeper announcement. And that kind mm-hmm. of threw my quarterback strategy kind of to the wind because I thought, you know, oh, I could wait forever and still get these quarterbacks. Um, and that went into Dan maybe reaching earlier on Deshaun, but not really because when he's technically the best quarterback available and five have already off the board, like, and if you want one of those top six or seven guys, you got to jump at him. So I was pissed. Well, I think it, I think it was four of the ESPN ranked five on the app. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, what was it? It was Kyler. It was Russ. It was Lamar. It was Pat. Yep. And then Deshaun Watson was in that top five. And so Dak. Four of the top and five Dak. TVs. Okay, Dak too. So five, mm-hmm. f- five. I don't know if I'd say five of the top six, but fifty percent of the top ten. Yep. Were off the board already. That's that's huge. Having that every week signal caller like. Mm-hmm. That puts up numbers. That's huge for us, even so, though we don't have six-point touchdowns anymore. Yeah. So I was pissed that uh, my quarterback situation, I'm, I'm okay with who I got, but I was definitely wanting, uh, like, Matt Ryan or something else. And then uh, I think the other Who did player, you end up with? I ended up with Carson Wentz, uh, who makes, okay. me, makes me nervous just because his receivers are always hurt, and then he's always hurt. So, like, he could have a huge week or be, like, have no one to throw to. 
So it is kind of stresses me out, but I'm actually pumped at who I got way later. I got Ben Roethlisberger in the second to last round and I legit might start him this week. Cause he's playing on Monday night against the giants against the giants. <laughs> yeah. So I just might roll out big Ben and see if his arm still has anything left. Cause two years ago, big Ben was like top five quarterback. Yeah. That's why I took him as my first quarterback last year. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the elbow issue. So hopefully he doesn't have the but elbow I, issue again. I've read that he said that his his elbow, I know players say this all the time, but he said that his arm feels better than ever because he's had more time than ever to actually have the surgery done and rehab it properly. Um, he says he feels good, feels better than ever. So, I mean, I honestly wouldn't blame you, but I am hoping, I'm hoping for Wentz's success this year because I've, I have not invested early in a tight end in years, and I took Ertz early. Yeah. And there was, there was a drunken conversation out by the, uh, the hot tub one night it was me, Anthony, and Kyle, and Kyle was trying vehemently to get us to believe Dak Prescott is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz, and I just I couldn't buy in. Even if Dak had the statistical numbers, I just Carson has that that it factor, that X factor. Like he just he's a winner. Dak hasn't proven that to me, so that was a fun argument. Even I think even Anthony was like, "Yeah, I'm taking Carson if I have to choose between the two of them." So it'd be a big year yeah. for those two uh, battling it out in the their division you're, this year. You're, I, it's tough because you're essentially looking at um, intangibles versus versus um, box scores. Yeah. And I think I do think that Wentz has that, a little more of those intangibles. But as many would say, the best ability is availability. And in that respect, Dak Prescott blows him out of the water. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely – there's an argument to be had mm-hmm. for sure. Yep. And then probably the last one I was annoyed with and – the only tight end I was looking to take in the top four or five rounds was Kittle, and he was two picks away from me, and Alex snaked oh, him. Which Alex I, did snake him. I, looking at it now, I'm thankful he did that because I would have been in that situation where it's like take a tight end early, and then now how does my running back situation look like? I think ultimately him snaking him for me made me make the smarter fantasy move by taking the running back. Um, so you, you were – what pick were you? 12 so I went McCaffrey and then I would have taken George swinging around but instead I was able to take uh running back Melvin Gordon instead so I personally though think George Kittle is going to have a huge year he hasn't scored more than four touchdowns in any season and it's like you look at historically tight ends like Gronk and Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates all of them have double digit touchdown seasons and the fact that George has never had one of those like I think this year could be the year so that's why I wanted him and I think Alex got him he's gonna he's gonna I think he's gonna explode this year because of all the receivers the 49ers are having health issues with he's gonna be mm-hmm. the mainstay in the offense I, I think a big part of him only scoring only four touchdowns each year he he loves to get the you know the yards after catch the in between the 20s the, mm-hmm. the blowing people up running people over what did he say I found out that if you just run into people they just fall over and yeah so, they don't like you, you know when you run at that. them and then I think he takes just as much joy getting that touchdown block. Yeah. Um, so he's not that like, I need to score. You know, Shanahan knows that he has a team player and he doesn't care. It doesn't matter to him. He takes just as much pride in that. His dad was an offensive line coach at a high school for 30 years. So he's had oh it ingrained in his mind that you don't play unless you block. And so George says in all his interviews, like, I have almost just as much fun putting somebody on their back rather than catching a touchdown. So awesome. That's why I love them. All right. So those are some of our, uh, 
our winners and losers and players that we were pissed at. Uh, let's move into now some division previews and stuff. Let's talk about kind of the divisions, where they sit, and uh, kind of our thoughts on each one. Let's start with let's start with Studio Ghibli. We'll start with Studio Ghibli first. Uh, four questions. And we'll hit each one. We'll both go. We want to go. Who has the best team name in the division? Who do we think is a front runner in the division? Who do we think has something to prove? And in the end, a prediction. Who do we think is going to win it? So we'll start off first off with who do you think has the best team name there? You have Mike has Graves Paved by Fournette. Tom Tom's Dynasty Service for Cam, my neighbor Tagavailoa for Andrew, and Dan Totoro Body Pillows. Uh, my favorite team name is Tom Tom's Dynasty Service. Yeah, it's a good it's one. It's accurate. It's it's bringing it back per tradition with Cam. It won't be his first Tom Brady themed uh, team name, and uh, I think it has the nicest ring to it as well. I like that one. I'm biased because I came up with three of these team names for these people. I, I, actually, two, because Cam came up with Tom Tom's Dynasty Service. I just helped him put the picture together. But I'm biased because I helped Andrew and Mike come up with theirs. So uh, it's probably a, one of those two. I love Andrews because of the picture that he made of Totoro wearing a Tua jersey. It's hilarious. Um, Andrew uh, remains undefeated with team pictures. He's the best. His, his ability just puts us all to shame. Yeah. In that division of those four names, who do you think's the the front runner there? Who do you think, uh, based off history and how their draft went, who do you think maybe has the the leg up in the division? To both slight the old heads and put pressure on the new head, I'm gonna give a foot up to Dan as a front runner based on his draft. Yeah, I think going best available uh, was a great strategy. Uh, it doesn't seem like he really has any true weak points of his team. Um, it just looks the best all around to me, best balanced team. Yeah. I think it's, and as, there's also something to say about like ignorance is bliss and the fact that he's like brand new and he's not, doesn't have anything really like preconceived notions in terms of like how people are going to judge their rosters that might give him some sort of edge. Um, I think he wouldn't be the first rookie to have some success. Yep. I think, uh, I think that's a good that's a good pick. Who do you think is uh, somebody to uh, who's the owner that has something to prove in this division? Oh, it's definitely Mike. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. You you don't you don't become the first two time Sacco Award winner um, and come out of the offseason with a chip on your shoulder. You know, <laughs> and you don't come. And he was focused in the draft. He's he's ready to to redeem himself, and it looks like it. I agree. I agree. He's got, he even said afterwards, he said, I'm, I'm trying to bring back that year that he had uh, his best year Two was it two years ago, two, two, three years ago where he had his uh, he, semifinal I think, run. I think he drafted that team. That might've been the last year we drafted at Kyle's or the year we drafted at Glenbrook. So I think it might've been a few years ago. Yeah. But yeah, no, after, after a couple down years, I think Mike has the most to prove in that division. And uh, lastly, who's your pick to win that division? So we can look back on these uh, at the end of the year. Despite me giving credit to Dan, uh, Anthony has proven that it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Yep. Oh, no, wait. Is, no, Anthony's on that division. Sorry. No, Anthony's not. Mike, Cameron, Andrew, and Dan. Um, my pick to win it this year is actually, in that division, is going to be Cam. 
because we know Cam historically how he's able to move his roster around and by the end of the year. I I like some of the nice young pieces he has. There's a couple wild cards per Cam's norm and he's a waiver wire wizard every season. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's always been a solid ass owner. And I think, I think his, uh, his veteran consistency takes him over the top this year. I like it. I like it. I don't necessarily like his uh, running back situation, but we know Cam will figure out a way to get a super competitive team out there towards the end of the year. I'm going to go, I'm going to, Mike impressed me. I'm going to pick Mike to win the division. Uh, Upset. I think he goes back to the playoffs after a a drought. I'm going to pick Mike and I'm going to throw some shade all over Andrew, Dan and Cameron. And I'm going to, I'm going to pick Mike. So Mike, this is me challenging you. All right. I need a good year from you, man. All right. Andrew, Andrew, by the way, the reason I did not mention you is because you're the only person that write in uh, players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he wrote in Antonio Brown and uh, who else? Was it a, uh, oh, home dude who just signed with Seattle. Gordon. Gordon. Andrew is the only one in this division who has a championship, by the way. So uh, take that as some shade, Andrew, that we're uh, throwing to you. I think Andrew has a pretty good team, though, on there. His team's really good. A chip or a half a chip. Yep. Moving off of Studio Ghibli, let's go over to the Pineapple Express division. Pineapple Express hosting Anthony, Alex, Gabe, and Mina. Let's start off with our best team name in this division. Anthony sports the Snickle Blitz. Gabe uh, sports it's Lamaracane season. Alex serving L's on Electric Avenue. And Mina, this is so exciting. <laughs> well, <laughs> all, those, all those names are good. I like them all. Yeah. I, I, I have not seen a ton of Studio Ghibli, so like, I've seen a couple, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, a little unfamiliar with some of those, but... Um, I love Pineapple Express. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think I got to give uh, my – it's like a 1A, 1B. I may have had a hand in one of the team names. Um, I, <laughs> I, I helped out uh, Anthony with his. I saw he had Snickle Fritz, and I'm like, dude, <laughs> throw Blitz in there. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. And it, it, like, it kind of dawned on him at the same time. He was like, holy shit. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but – I can't say Alex's team name without singing the song in my head. So I got to go with Serving L's on Electric Avenue. We got to rock down to Electric Avenue. That's a good one. I have shade towards Anthony right now because he changed his name to the Snickle Blitz when I had him at my house and he said he was going to do item nine and we put together the photo of Joe Burrow smoking (laughs) black and white and then he changed it. So now I'm mad at Anthony for that. Um, but I oh, think, and then, he, and then he got another picture from Andrew, didn't he? Yeah, Andrew made this one. Um, I think my favorite is Gabe's because I don't know how many times I've quoted to people. I thought hurricane season was over <laughs> when, <laughs> when he's sitting there with his fondue eating. So that one, that one cracks me up. Um, and then combining Lamar into it as keeper, I like that name. <laughs> Okay, so of these owners, we have now this is a stacked division because you have you have 
three championships in this one. Last one only had one. This one now has three championships with Mina having two and Anthony having a championship. Who do you think? That, that's is, titles one and then four appearances, right? Or five appearances total. That is titles one and um, four appearances. No, right. I think only three appearances because I think Mina's only been to the two that he's won and Anthony's only been to the one that he won because he lost in the semis beforehand. Oh, okay. Yep. So okay. three three titles, three and oh, I think, in title appearances. Um, who do you think is the front runner in this division? Um, for me, I think it's Mina. Yeah. Uh, I really like the Kyler Murray keeper because he basically got a probably going to be a top 10 quarterback and a top 15 running back um, in one player. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that he took the the RB combo in Detroit. Um, so when the dust settles, I think he'll have himself a top 10 running back there. Yeah. Uh, I think he has just a good roster overall. Although I thought he was going to keep Andrews um, at first, but I, I think Kyler was the smart choice. I like Mina's roster the most. Uh, it's a really good roster. Uh, Anthony also creating a good roster. Gabe also having a really good roster and being the newcomer in there. Um, I think, though – I'm going to I'm going to put the early cards on the front runner as Anthony just cuz I think historically on his side he's never had two bad seasons and he had a rough one last year and I think he's has something to prove this year. So uh I think he might be the front runner but again it's like a 1A 1B cuz you know Mina historically always uh always is in the mix at the end. Yeah. I mean that's yeah. a couple juggernauts in the same division mm-hmm. for our league. And uh again that's a little no shade thrown at both Alex or Gabe, but you guys just you guys have uh, some thick competition at the top there. Who uh, who has something to prove in this division? I feel like I already know this answer for you. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think there's multiple. Yeah, I think the only person who doesn't have something to prove really is uh, is Mina. Um, yeah. But I mean, Anthony has a title, so technically he doesn't have anything to prove. Uh, but when you come out of the draft with no quarterback and nobody understands why, and then when the dust settles, we learn. Um, and, and Anthony, I, like I texted you earlier today, I saw your projection for the, on the app raised 10 places when you added Darnold this morning yeah. or whenever, whenever it was you added him. Um, you got something to prove after that auspicious start. But uh, uh, I think probably Gabe is the rook though. Um, yeah. You know, he's coming into a tough league into a very tough division. And uh, I think he went really late with his second running back, sort of an injury-prone Connor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he must be truly banking on the fact that Lamar Jackson is, is a running back in himself. Yeah. And he's a hope he stays healthy. But I'd say Gabe probably has the most to prove. I think so, too, because he's the newcomer, whereas everybody else – everyone else in that division has made playoffs at least one way or another. Alex mm-hmm. had a couple years ago – he made the wild card. So – Gabe being the newbie, uh, trying to get his uh, foothold in the league. I'm going to go Alex, though, of course, because, you know, a couple years of down, a couple continued themes of rough drafts. Now, this one I'll give Alex a little bit of a pass because I do feel bad that John (laughs) fucking about broke his ankle. And so that kind of put Alex on the the mend all weekend. (laughs) Flat-backed. Yeah. So that, that could have been a reason why Alex was rehabbing on the couch for most of it. But uh, 
he has told me, he said he's making the playoffs this year. And even though he was asleep for the last couple rounds of his draft, <laughs> he didn't, he didn't do a bad job of crafting a team. In fact, I believe he has almost like four or five potential starting running backs on his team. So I think he has a lot to prove. And, uh, Again, he's got two juggernauts in front of him. All right, yeah. who, who, who's winning the division? Here's your prediction. So I, I was a little premature on this, but uh, I think that Anthony win win it all. It's said and done. He'll he he'll he'll come out on top or or right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has a lot of really good skill players, and I see that Carson didn't pass uh, didn't slip past you this year, Anthony. Uh, yeah. I, that's I clearly that's been eating away at you. Oh yeah, long. the fact that Jacob took him one pick before him. I almost did it to him because I was the one right there, but I just I couldn't take Carson. I hate the Seahawks. I know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think that he'll he'll make something happen, and and if he can rework that deal with Marcus uh, in a way that that makes some sense for the both of them, and then continue to work seven more deals consisting of forty more players uh, in the next six to ten weeks. Yeah, uh, his roster will be completely different and probably still be right there tied with the division lead. Yeah, like I said before, Anthony really shows it, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. You can start mm-hmm. however you want, but you will mold it into success. And he, he does that habitually. Yep. And he's got an amazing backfield with Chubb, Carson, Eckler. Mina also has a great backfield with Jones and uh, Miles Sanders. So, and then he, he and has Swift. To, he has the Detroit backfield. He took all of them. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be tough. I'm going to go, I'll just take the, the other from you. I'm going to, I'll go Mina. You, you go Anthony on this and I'll, I'll pick Mina, but I think either of them. And now again, this is shots fired at both you, Gabe and Alex, the gauntlet thrown down. You got two tough guys in there. Can you take it away from them? Do something. Do something. Um, all right, and then we moving over after that to your division, the world of Avatar, The Last Airbender, consisting of yourself, uh, Marcus Escobar, Kyle Martinez, and Hayden Perdue. Uh, mm-hmm. We have three title game appearances in this, all from yourself and one title in here. Let's go. <laughs> um, and Even though that was a million years ago. A million years ago. And uh, everyone else in this division, uh, besides Kyle, uh, looking to – well, including Kyle, all these guys having a little bit of a drought in terms of the playoffs. So uh, I'd like to make it known that everyone in Shane's division was in my division last year, and they all ran away from me. They all ran to Avatar. But it's an awesome division because you guys have coordinated uh, the different elements, whereas you are – Air, Esco is Earth, Kyle's Water, and Hayden is Fire. Let's go through the team names. Uh, again, this you'll be a little biased here, but so you have Sh- Sh- Ang's team for Shane. You have Roads Closed to Ba Sing Se for Esco. You have Tua Lev Moon Spirits for Kyle, and you have the Fire Nation Dancing Dragons for Hayden. Uh, you can pick yours, but who's your favorite? Maybe that isn't yours. Oh, that isn't mine. Well, you can pick yours. We know that you would say yours, but who is <laughs> who? Who else? I know you're going to pick yours. I mean, Shane's favorite team is Shang's team. Yeah, <laughs> Shang's team. That's a that good way, one. When you guys, you, whenever you guys talk about my team all year long, you'll be saying my team names. That's true. We'll be saying your name all year. Uh, Clever. I went. I went back and forth with these guys a lot. We we like threw a lot of different names at each other. Mm-hmm. But now that. 
it's sort of grown on me. Um, the the Twale Moon Spirits because mm-hmm. it's the Twi it's the Twi La. I think that's Twi-la. what they call themselves. So it's not Twalev. It's really supposed to be like one word. Mm-hmm. Twalev. Twale Moon Spirits. I think that looks sounds pretty sweet. For anyone that doesn't know, those are the two koi fish in the Water Kingdom that like uh, what's her name controls uh, basically the moon with. Who 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 becomes basically the moon spirit from that? I forget that girl's name. Um, uh, Sokka's girlfriend basically yeah. becomes he like nails her and then she becomes the moon. <laughs> yeah, and then one of the koi <laughs> fish gets like murdered or grabbed out by one of the Fire Nation members. And Mark's team name would be good if it was the defensive league. That's true. That's Come true. on, Escobar. I'm still I, a rookie. I, I like. I'm gonna go with Hayden, even though your guys's are good. I like Hayden just because personally, I'm. Uh, bias towards fire nation and fire overall and dragons and stuff so i really like uh i like hayden's team because fire represents chaos it's true just like hayden's roster <laughs> who uh i think we might agree with this who do you think is the front runner in this division uh i'll speak i think it's your team obviously you have the most pedigree in this division and uh, you got a bunch of other guys that are uh trying to either get back to the playoffs or get to the playoffs for the first time. Uh, Escobar's never been. Uh, Hayden's been once. It was two years ago. And uh, Kyle has been two times, I believe. But, again, Kyle trying to get over the hump again. So, uh, I think mm-hmm. definitely you're the front runner here in this one. Who, uh, who do you think, other than you, has something to prove in this one? I'm sure you also think you have something to prove. But – I. I mean, my opinion is that I have the best roster as well. Mm-hmm. I think I'm the deepest at running back. I just took the odds and receiver. Took I just want to get three 1,000-yard guys to fill the stat sheet when it came to me. I think I get a lot of value out of the legs of my quarterback as well. And I have some good starting options in my second team as well. Yeah. Um, but despite the lack of championship appearances, I mean, Mark's team scored a lot of points last year. Hayden has had one of the most cursed years ever where he scored a gang of points and everybody scored their best on him. Mm-hmm. Um, although he is dealing with some starting running back issues based on some movement recently. Yes. Um, but you never know how the dust is going to settle with that. And then Kyle was basically a, a DJ Chark away from making the playoffs last year, I feel That's like. That's true. He just couldn't <laughs> He couldn't get the Rubik's Cube lined up correctly on the given <laughs> Like if you swap him in, he might be like four and two after the first six weeks or something, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, I don't know. I'd have to go look at all the box scores, but I mean, I have three guys who, who know their stuff um, and they'll have to sleep with their pride knowing they know their stuff because that's all they're going to come away with at the end of this season. <laughs> who do you think has the most approve of the, of those guys uh, or yourself included? You can include in there. I mean, you're the only one with the title, but who here has the most approve? Kyle. Yeah. I think Kyle being the second most tenured member of the league um, with, I don't believe any division titles. Uh, does he have one? Kyle has one division title. Yep. It was star Wars uh, a couple years ago. Okay. So mm-hmm. a division title, um, but no playoff appearances for being nine years in eight or nine years in mm-hmm. lots of good, lots of good rosters. I uh, just got to get over the hump. There's always a hump during the season, I feel like, with this team. And whether that's a, a weird trade or uh, a major player going down, 
something or, or a guy that's just incredible that you pick up off the waiver wire that you just don't start in the right weeks. Yeah. Some kind of weird wrinkle that seems to, to hold him back. So I'm, I'm looking at you, Kyle. Challenge. <laughs> Challenge. Gauntlet drop. Yeah, gauntlet thrown. I'm going to go with Escobar as my person that he has something to prove because back-to-back years of getting the number one pick, Again, it's only his second year, but last year having the number one pick and the second highest scoring team and missed the playoffs, and he's the only person in this division who has never been to the playoffs. Granted, again, he's the most uh, uh, not least senior member in this one of only two years. But I think uh, I think Hayden, yourself, Kyle, you guys all have uh, good pedigree in this league and have been in, uh, improving. But I think. Marcus is the one I'm going to challenge because he uh, he's had the number one pick two years in a row and he took the same player two years in a row. So we'll see if uh, how that pans out for him. Mark, how did you not take Derrick Henry? <laughs> I hope that keeps you up at night all season long, but you just let the, the league's leading rusher go to someone in your division. Banking on, I know that's right. Cause it was Kyle right after him who got him for shame. Yeah. This division, you guys all had uh, almost top picks. I think Hayden was the only one that wasn't in the top five in picks. Yeah, we were all grouped together except for Hayden, for sure. Mm-hmm. We Who took you... each other's picks all draft long. Yeah. <laughs> so annoying. That was me, too, in the back half of the draft. Um, last thing for the division, who do you think is winning it? Obviously, you're biased. Still, but still me. Still you. <laughs> all bias, uh, directly center and aside. Still me. I'm going to – you know, smart money is betting on you. Uh, just so I don't follow you, I'm going to actually bet on Kyle. I don't know. He had the best supposed draft, and I think uh, he has something to prove this year. And so I'm just going to toss my money on him. I obviously think that you're the favorite in there and the front runner, but we'll see if Kyle can, uh, can catch you at the end. I was going to go Hayden, but Hayden's running back situation is looking dire right now until he fixes that. And uh, Esco hasn't, again, proved anything to me. So it was between you and Kyle. You went with you. If you were going to go with somebody else, I was going to go with you, but I wasn't going to double My, up on you. <laughs> if, I, if, I had, if I absolutely had to pick someone else, I'd pick Kyle as well. Mm-hmm. I think Kyle has one of the best running back situations in the league. And yes. if anything has proven success in this league, I feel like people with the best RB combos have, have more than not been above that line, that yep. success line. It's true. Um, all right, moving to our last division. Uh, it's my division, the Jurassic Park division, uh, or as we like to call it in my division, the group of death, because you have in this, in this division alone three championships, so three titles, and you have one, two, three, four five, six, seven championship game appearances between the four owners. Um, a title for John, a title for myself, a title for Brandon, and three title game appearances for Marcus. So it's a stacked division. A lot of us were kind of closely together. Me, John, and Marcus were close at the back. Uh, Brandon was up in the front. Who? Uh, before we go into our favorites on there, let's go through the team names again, kind of go through who our favorites John with the Isla Nublar Pterodactyls, Pterodactyls. Chris with the InGen Blue 22. Brandon with the Tyrannosaurus Rex. And Polaris with the Clever Girlies. 
Who uh, is your favorite, sir? My favorite team name uh, is the Clever Girlies. Clever Girlies. <laughs> yeah, that was that was perfect. And, and, uh, Polaris rarely disappoints with his team names, and this year is no exception. Yep, that's an awesome Although, one. All the team names are good. I mean, I love Jurassic Park, so all the play on words were awesome. Mm-hmm. I think, but I think probably my second favorite is John's, especially because he call it's like he has like a his actual location and then the team name, the Isla Nublar, mm-hmm. um, pterodactyls. I love that. And then he took Dak, right? Didn't he keep? Yeah, him? That, was, that was his keeper. So I mean, that that was awesome. I, yeah, I, clever, clever girlie is my favorite. Clever girlie is awesome. Brandon's is awesome. I, I think I'm gonna go John too. I love that the it's the word pterodactyl is already hard enough. The fact that he was able to fit his player's name into that, like kudos. That's an awesome one. Uh, I see I what like, you're trying to do though. Actually, have like a literal play call in your team name. Yeah, and it's <laughs> knowing that I had McCaffrey, and uh, I just like the the photo of a Velociraptor on his. Uh, <laughs> And it just worked out perfect because of Blue and that he was the name of the mm-hmm. Velociraptor and stuff. So a lot of good names in this one. I'm pumped with this. Again, one of my favorite movies. So I was happy everybody got creative with their team names. Who do you think, again, we just talked about this being a stacked division. Who's your, who do you think is the front runner in this stacked Jurassic Park division? You have a defending champ in here, two other champions, and then a perennial playoff and champion appearance, man. It's going to be tough. It is honestly hard to say, but I think right now uh, you have the edge on those guys. I think it's close, but um, John, you're gonna have. To, I think you're gonna have to make a couple moves. I mean, unless uh, unless you truly are a a Nostradamus with some of the the younger players you took. I mean, for all we know, Ceedee Lamb and Jonathan Taylor are gonna be. Uh, 1A and 1B in the Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year voting, which it literally could be because they're both incredible, mm-hmm. um, especially with Dak comboing up on him. Uh, but I think, uh, I don't know, he's got to make some adjustments, I feel like, um, yeah. from the way the draft ended. And then uh, RB situation in Marcus's team is a little, little, un- little sketchy, I guess. Mm-hmm. But he does have two... Hall of Fame quarterback, so I'm sure he'll be able to ship one off for some depth. Right now, I think your roster leaves the best impression coming off the top. I do really like my roster. Again, we'll see how health, because I took some risks on injured people. Um, I think, though, if I had to put a front runner, it would have to be Brandon, just because he's got the belt. And uh, as of, until he's beaten uh he's gonna be the the deadliest threat and uh i'm pumped to get two cracks at him this year now that uh, I, we've never been in a division before and the fact that he beat me in a championship game and is now in my division uh i think he has to be the front runner of us right now because he's the, the defending champ even though historically maybe he is uh the least of the three of the four of us historically but brandon has the mantle right now so i think he's He's got the title front runner for me. Uh, who's she? Who's she? Who, uh, who do you think has something to prove in this one? There's a couple people. I'm going to say Polaris. Yeah. He always makes lots of good moves throughout the season, good at managing the waiver wire. He has lots of sneaky picks every year in the draft. He all, he, I feel like he always likes to uh, 
go non-traditional, more shock and awe approach to his team than some of the other people in the league who are more conservative. Like I feel like I'm more way more conservative than Marcus. Mm-hmm. And he gets himself into the play, into playoff positioning. I think he has the best regular season winning percentage, which speaks for itself. And um, so I think that he he needs to to finish. Mm-hmm. You know, see it through. Yeah. And he was so locked in at the draft. He literally wasn't, wasn't running around half naked, doing lots of drinking. He was locked in on that laptop. That was Sunday morning. (laughs) That that was Sunday in the backyard, (laughs) (laughs) which is the correct time to go and be belligerent and party. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh, but yeah, he, he went from, he went from naked in the backyard to literally being the closest to the draft board. Yeah locked in he had me worried that's why i had to be so focused i saw him super locked in and the fact that we were drafting right next to each other i was 12 he was 13 i knew i had to be locked in because he was going to be snaking players from me which he did Mm -hmm. um my something to prove again i feel like all of us have something to prove in something i was going to go with marcus too just because of historically he's always had great years but has never been able to just get across the goal line at the end I think you could say John has something to prove after. I see what, <laughs> that, I see what you did there. Uh, uh, yes. As, <laughs> after this draft weekend, again, John earned that belligerent celebration for getting that job. Uh, so kudos to you, John. I think you got something to prove now after that draft. I have something to prove because I lost in a championship game. Uh, so that, that adds some, you know, fuel to my fire. And then Brandon, I think, also has something to prove because was it a one-year wonder? Brandon's never done anything close to what he did last year. So uh, I'm not ready to give him all the kudos yet. He has to prove to me that he can do this multiple years. I think he got, he got that Nick Foles uh, luck, that playoff luck, that he just went on a run. Brandon, Brandon Morales is the broken clock model of success. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh my God. So Brandon, Brandon to me, I think has the most to prove because uh, again, Marcus is right there too, but I think did was last year a fluke. Can he do it again? And we'll see. And I'm proud of him that he stepped up into a tough ass division after winning it and didn't just go into somewhere else. So uh, that'll be fun. Who, uh, who. Hey, is that shade? Is that shade toward other divisions? Yeah, it is (laughs) a little bit. Our division is stacked. I'll see you under the 500 line, all right? (laughs) Dude, I might. The last time I was in a stacked division like this, I think I missed the playoffs. So I I, I feel confident, but I I could easily be the third or fourth team in this division. Yeah, it's a Mm toss-up. Who who do you think is winning it, though, your prediction for it? Uh, I think it's going to be you or Mark. Yeah, those are the I I think Mark puts it together. Yeah. He's got the roster that scares me the most. He's got the best quarterback in the division uh, with another one that he could use as a trade asset. Um, and every year, and he missed the playoffs last year in his worst year, he's five and nine. And uh, so I think he has something to prove. Hopefully I'm able to pull it out, but I think, I think I'm going to say myself to be confident, but I think Marcus could easily win this division. I'm not going to give any credit to Brandon. Um, and I would have said John could win this easily, but his draft has put him a step behind. So, Marcus, you were the most naked during your worst record year during yep. the draft. So you had your clothes on the whole time. I'm expecting big things from you. <laughs> All right. Those are our division previews, guys. Again, 
if you uh, got your feelings hurt, good. Prove us wrong. And uh, if you're feeling cocky, don't be too cocky because anything can happen in the league. We've had people on numerous occasions go from worst to first and win divisions and people that were amazing one year fall off a cliff the next year. So you can't rest at all, especially this first month with it being division play to start us off. Yeah, don't give up too early. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ant had a super awful start the year he won the championship, and he, he basically got in on a tie and then rolled his way to a title. So even if you come out of the gate stumbling after a weird draft, you know, man up, make some yep. moves. Brandon's a testament of that too. Last year, barely getting in on a, like a .1 victory uh, one week. and a, that, Again, that was Kyle. Yeah. Another weird wrinkle against him last season. Yep. So anything can happen. Again, even if you start off 0-3, we've had people storm back and stuff. So I'm, I'm just pumped. Year 10. I love the way that our regular season goes. It's always so intense. Okay, we're going to end this episode with matchup of the week. And I'll probably post this too tomorrow, but we'll talk real quick. Who do you think, besides the matchup, obviously your matchup, who, what's a matchup that you're excited to watch? So I'll give you a little recap on some of the matchups this week. So you have myself and Brandon squaring off. You have oh uh, title rematch. That's title good. rematch. You okay. and Kyle are matching off, continuing your theme of playing one of the Martinez's in week one. My you longest have, tenured common opponent, so that'll mm, be good. Alex squares off against his buddy Gabe, Gabe's first matchup of the league, so nice. that'll be fun. Um, another perennial title matchup. You have Anthony versus Mina, week one. Matchup. I don't even know who's going to win that one. You have Hayden matching up against Escobar in your division. You then go down to the roommates squaring off. Cameron playing against Dan in Dan's first matchup of the league. That could be fireworks. Mm -hmm. You have Polaris squaring off against John. Again, another two historically really good teams. And lastly, you have um, Andrew squaring off against Mike Reza in those divisions there's a lot of really good matchups this first week it is hard to pick i have to admit Mm -hmm. my matchups of the week are probably the now the second annual uh roommate bowl first edition of dan and cam yeah i'm stoked to have a guy that basically almost all of us knew in the league um finally joined and he's joining one of, and he lives with one of the longest tenured members. And Cameron is a good owner year after year. So, Dan, you got something to prove against your roommate. I might have picked you um, in a positive way during our, our season previews. But, Cameron, you need to show the rook what's good. Yep. I agree. That's going to be a great one. And I'm pumped that Cameron now has somebody in. Uh you know, in SF to be watching games with and and competing against with. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, man, this is tough. I think, you know, obviously I want to say me and Brandon because it is a rematch of the championship game. Just kind of like similar to how the NFL does it. They always, not always, but they team up a team that either played in the Super Bowl against each other or a key playoff matchup from the year before. Um, I'm obviously that's mine, so I'm not going to say it, but I think if there was another one that I'm watching, I I purposefully have these two guys play week one. Once I found out that they were in the same division and I'm going to go Anthony and Mina, two guys historically that are always in the playoff Mm -hmm. hunt and they're going to, that was my, 
That was my second option for sure. They're, they're going to have to clash for the first time in a division with each other. So there's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome to watch both of them loaded backfields, uh, really mm-hmm. good receiving cores. And uh, even, even uh, the fact that one of them is going to start probably and one, unless they tie uh, still, they, whoever even loses this first game could win the damn division. So yeah, that, that's the one I'm keeping my eyes on. There's, but they're all, they're all going to be so good. I'm super pumped for week one. All right. Those are our matchups of the week, guys. Uh, we're going to wrap this thing up now. Uh, we went a little long, but whatever. This was fun talking again about fantasy football. I can't believe you guys will be listening to this to tomorrow, which is Thursday probably, uh, or maybe Friday or Saturday, but this is week one, week one whenever. of 14, whenever, um, competition is back. Fantasy football mm-hmm. is back. Uh, closing Shane, what has he got to say? Uh, I want to say that I'm pumped that we're getting this pot underway. I'm pumped that, uh, and expecting multiple, if not all members at some point to be on it, since we can all do this from zoom, we don't have to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I am super excited to have people who get blown out of the water and then appear the next week and defend themselves. <laughs> yes. That is going to be hilarious. And I hope that, uh, people take all kinds of punches at each other and cut each other down. I expect to hear them the best kind of shit talk possible. And we don't want any snowflakes in this league. That's take right. it on the chin. Talk your shit. Talk your shit. You're 10 of the league. Super pumped. Thanks so much, Shane. First episode. Uh, and again, we're going to be doing these weekly. Uh, I'll be in Mexico this weekend randomly. So uh, I'm going to try to be able to record with Shane next week in Mexico. If not, I might have Shane just record with one of you clowns that are listening if I'm not going to be able to access a microphone. But either way, we'll just keep having these go week by week. And uh, best of luck to all of you. Remember, if you lose this week, it's the season isn't over. It's a long season. Year 10 of the league, signing off. First and 16, the league pod. Salute to you, Shane. Thanks for doing this with me. Thank you. Thanks for stopping by, everyone.